Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. The, the previous song that just played, I was, I'm watching it on my phone uh, as it's going on, and the title of it is, Will Someday Be Done or Will Soon Be Done with Troubles and Trials? And even though uh, Neil has no idea what I'm going to teach on tonight, that really does, that, that idea fits right into uh, where we're going to be tonight. Go to Psalms chapter 37. If you have your Bibles on your phone, however you want to follow along, I'm going to read to you as well. Psalms chapter 37. And um, I, was, I was on Facebook a couple of days ago, and somebody, I don't remember who it was, I think it was the skit guys. Uh, the skit guys are a couple of guys that do uh, biblical inspirational skits, and, and if, you've, if you've never watched them, Go to their, their Facebook page, their website, the skit guys. They've got some, some great stuff. But anyway, one of them had posted this from their own personal Bible study and, this, and the words that they underlined, and I'll share those words with you as we move through this, but it really touched me. And, and as I told Blair this morning when I was telling her about it, I said, I looked at those verses and I thought that right there will preach. And so we're going to preach that tonight and not as much preach it as we are just going to share some things and pull some encouragement out of it. Um, because really that's what this, to me, for me, this is what that passage is about. Um, he started, we're not going to read all the whole, the whole chapter because there's a lot there. We're going to read the first, few, the first few verses. So Psalm chapter 37, starting in verse 1, do not fret. Now, I, I want you to underline that. If you've got your Bibles, you're following along, I want you to underline that. I'm going to do that with you as we go. Do not fret because of those who are evil or being envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust. I want you to underline that. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Take delight. Underline that. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit. There's your next underline. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait. Those two, be still and wait. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. We're, we're, we're just going to read the first seven verses. But I want you to look through. If you've, got, if you've got your Bible Bibles, and I know a lot of you are watching on your phone, you study on your phone, but I want you to go back to this passage later. I want you to go back to this passage later, and I want you to underline, you know, these, these kick words, you know, these words that just jump out at you, and we're going to talk about those things. I was reading this passage, though, as I was thinking about it this afternoon. And in this particular passage, okay, in this particular section here, he's talking about fretting or worrying or being anxious about some other things people are doing. As a matter of fact, what he's talking about is being upset about success from other people who are not delighting in God, okay? They're doing things their own way and they're having success in it. And, and I, I don't want to talk about it from that perspective necessarily because I think that even though that's the context, the overall idea is we have a lot of things that we worry about, and we have a lot of things that we are anxious about. 
And in this particular passage, I think what he's saying, he's saying you, you can live one of two type of ways. You can live a life of fretting or worrying or anxiousness about things, or you can live this life in Jesus, this life in God. And I'm going to, he, he basically says, I'm going to show you how to live that other life. Now, I, I, always, I always want to make a disclaimer here, okay? Whenever I talk about worry and anxiousness, I always want to acknowledge the fact that there are some people, even within our church family, that deal with true like social anxiety things, like true social anxiety disorders, uh, true like diagnostic, you know, type of issues. And I believe that those things are are different than when we just talk about general worry and anxieties. And when Scripture talks about general worries and, and anxieties, about becoming overwhelmed by daily things. Um, that if we replace God with those things, then we have a different outlook and a different feeling. And I want you to know that I understand that difference. And I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize those things at all. But there is an idea within us as Christians that, that we do tend to fret. We do tend to worry and become anxious about things that in all honesty, we shouldn't. We shouldn't because, you know, God says there's so much, there's so much better in me and it should keep you from doing these things. Now, I want us to talk just a minute about what happens to us, how we feel when we are overcome with worry and we're overcome with anxiety. Because there's some things that he's going to talk about later in our little underline session here that I think helps us not be this way. But I just got written on my notes here. How, how, how does worry and anxiety make us feel? Well, uh, according to people a lot smarter than me, okay? It makes us feel nervous, restless, and tense. It, it's, it makes us have a sense of impending danger or panic or doom in some situations. Uh, it, it has, anxiety will give us difficulty in controlling worry. And there will be things that trigger certain thoughts and feelings. And all of those things together are kind of emotional things, but yet those emotional feelings can lead to physical feelings or physical actions or, or challenges as well. So he says, look, this is not a life that you need to live. You don't need to live a life of worry. You don't need to let what someone else is doing impact yourself to the point that you worry and stress and have anxiety about what they've got and what you don't got and all, all the... And, we, we, we can talk about that with politics. We can, talk about with our, we can insert our school there. We can insert our jobs there. We can insert sports teams there, your hobby, whatever it is, okay? Do not fret. That's, that's, the, that's the idea that I want you to get. Do not have worries. Do not have anxieties. And now, how do we accomplish that? How do we live that type of life? Well, the first thing he says, the first thing he says in verse 3, trust, okay? Trust. Trust in who? Trust in the Lord and do good. Now, two ideas here. The first idea is trust. Now, so when we think about worry and anxiety, we, we hear words like nervousness, restlessness, tense, danger, panic, doom, anxiety, worry. Okay, those, the, that's, that's anxiety bubble over here, okay? That's the words that go in this bubble. But when you look at the word trust, especially in the Hebrew, it carries these words, confident, feeling secure, having confidence in, in accomplishing something, 
to rely on somebody to the point that you know you'll succeed and to feel secure. Now, you think about those two bubbles of words, okay? They are completely contradictory to each other. He says you can live one life in which you fret, you have worries, you have anxieties, you have restlessness, you're tense, okay? You, you, you feel panic and you feel doomed. Or you can choose to live a life in me, trusting in me, that is full of security and full of confidence and knowing that you're going to succeed in things. And I love what he says, okay? I love what he says. He doesn't say, just trust in me. He doesn't say, just trust in me. He says, trust in me and what? And do good. Trust in me and do good. There's, there's a song I've been listening to here lately. And the idea of the song is, I could, it starts out with, I could just stay in your arms and just feel safe. Okay, and, and I'm not really trying not to contradict what I'm saying, but, but the song has this, 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 I could just, basically it's this, I could just sit in the church building and I could feel like I'm okay and safe and nothing's going to bother me and I'm living my Christian life. Or I could do what you've called me to do, and you've called me to live a higher life. You've called me to be a servant. You've called me to go out and to do things, to work. I could sit still and do nothing, or I could go out and I could work. And that's what he tells us here. He says, trust in me. And in that security, in that security, then I want you to go out and do something when you feel secure. You see, anxiety and worry tend to hold us back. They tend to make us feel like we can't accomplish anything. They tend to make us feel like we're not worthy. They tend to make us feel like, well, we, 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 we just don't have anything good to offer, okay? But when we trust in God and we feel the security and we feel this confidence, he says, now take that security and confidence, and he says, go, and I love the, 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 the English here translated do good, translates it do good, Okay. But the word-for-word -word translations from Hebrew to English is accomplished beautiful. Okay, so it would kind of be funny to read it and go, trust in the Lord and accomplish beautiful. You could maybe word it say, trust in the Lord and accomplish beautiful things, but the writers translated it into do good. But I love that idea of accomplish something beautiful for God. Trust in Him, and with that confidence, go accomplish something beautiful. It reminds me of Ephesians 2 and verse 10 where he says, For you are God's masterpiece. You are something. You are something. You, I want you to know that. You are something beautifully created by God. God has created you, and you are His masterpiece. You are His workmanship. You're unique. You have something special about you, okay? He says, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? Why has he done this? So we can, here's this phrase again, do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has a plan for you, and it's a beautiful plan, and it's a good plan. You get to choose. You get to choose if you want to follow it. You get to choose if you want to accomplish it. But he has a beautiful plan of things that he wants you to accomplish. And says the way you do that is, one, you start trusting in him, for, let, let go of the worries and anxieties, okay? Let go of them and trust so that you can accomplish beautiful things. So that's the first thing he says. So underline your Bible, trust and do good. Then the next thing he says in verse 4, he says, take delight in the Lord. Now, I've said and thought a lot about that phrase today, take delight in the Lord. What, what, 
What does that mean? Because it, it would be easy to it'd be easy to kind of be like, oh, well, I'm not really sure what that means, so I'm going to move on from that. But one of the things that I think it means is is to put him above any other action or person or thing or thought in our lives. Okay, to make him preeminent and to delight in that, to, to find joy in that, to have that type of relationship with him. To There are... There are certain people that I just love to talk to, okay? Certain people I just love to talk to that. I love to pick up the phone. I love to call. I, I delight in our conversation. I've got a good friend. I don't know if he's watching tonight. He watches from time to time. His name is Wes Pierce. Wes and I are good friends. We, we go back to my Arkansas days. Um, Wes has got a, a really cool story, um, and, but we, we talk Bible a lot. When we talk, that's pretty much what we're talking about is Bible. And we've been on about a three-week Bible study together that I brought up a few weeks ago, and we're constantly kind of digging and talking about it when we have time calling each other. I delight in that conversation. I've got a couple of other friends that when I get a chance to talk to them, I delight. I just love that time with them. And that's what he's saying. He says, look, Delight in the Lord. Look forward to your time with Him. Look forward to your service with Him. Make Him preeminent above everything else. I love the book of Song of Solomon. Sometimes, sometimes not Song of Solomon, the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes is an interesting book, and sometimes it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what, what it's about. But what he's saying, the overall theme of the book of Ecclesiastes is this. Hey, I've tried it all. I've tried it all. I've tried all the things that I thought would make me happy or that could make me happy or that I wanted to make me happy. And at the end of the book, he says, what I have figured out is that nothing makes me happier than what God offers. And so it's really a book about delighting in God. So fill your life with things of God. They are soft. They are delicate. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to God and delight in that. Don't, don't worry about the things of the world. Delight in God. Then the next phrase he uses here, the next phrase he uses is commit your way to the Lord. Commit. Okay, it's, it's not just about, it's not just about what you're getting from God. You, you got to give something back, right? You got to give something back here. So he says, commit to the Lord. So I was looking at this word commit and uh, in, in the Hebrew, because I was wanting to know what it meant. I was going to try to dig a little bit deeper with it and so what I came up with, this particular word means to roll away. This particular word for commit means to roll away. And I'm like, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, so I kind of jotted down on my notepad there, commit, roll away, and I, and I went on to something else. Okay, I went on to something else. I'm just going to let that kind of sit there for a few minutes. And then, and then it kind of... It dawned on me. Sometimes I have to put effort into getting close to God. God's always there. God, God's, God's, God's always reaching for me. But I have a tendency, I have a habit of putting ungodly junk in my life. God's in front of me. I got this junk in my life. And sometimes to get closer to God, it's not that He's far off. It's that I've put stuff in between us. I'm going to have to put forth the effort. I'm going to have to commit to pushing or rolling all of that junk 
out of the way. And sometimes it's going to take effort. And, and I'm going to have to struggle to get it out of the way. But I have committed to myself. I have made it. I have made it my purpose to get closer to Him. So I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to push, I'm going to roll all this junk out of my life so that I can reach out and I can grab Jesus. So we need to commit to the Lord. We need to commit to Him. And then, maybe my favorite, maybe my favorite, be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. If there is one thing that I'm not, it is still, okay? I am, if you want a, um, an example of what adult ADHD looks like, you can talk to me. I'm it. I'm, 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 your, I'm, your, I'm your sample here, okay? I'm, I'm not still. Uh, people, um, when uh, Collins had a few friends over a few weeks ago and Andy... Um, Romine was at the house, and she, for some reason, decided to do her impression of me preaching. And it was a lot of hand motions and a lot of moving around, okay? And it, it was quite funny, and I'm like, well, at least they thought it was funny. I'm like, yeah, you think you're a jokester, don't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. But anyway, so, so even the kids realize that I don't stand still. And most of you are afraid I'm going to get so wrapped up one day when I'm saying I'm going to fall off the stage. But we've talked about that, and I'm not going to let that happen. But he says, look, a lot of times I believe our anxieties, okay, our anxieties come from the fact that we're running, 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 running. Okay, we're not still. We're, 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 we're trying to squeeze as much, as much into a day as we can. And by the time we get to the night, we are exhausted. And even that few hours that we get to sleep, it's not enough to rejuvenate us. And he says right here, he says, with all these anxieties that are going on in the world around us, and listen, we've got a lot of worries and a lot of anxieties floating around us right now. He says, be still before God and wait patiently for Him. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought that one of the most spiritual things you could do in a given day is just take a nap? Think about that. One of the most spiritual things you could do one day might be just to be still and take a nap and get away from the rush, get away from the hurry, get away from the hustle, the bustle. I got to get it done. I got to fit this in and just be still. You see, that this Hebrew word is a lot more simple than commit. It means a few different things. It means to be silent. There was a thing on Facebook the other day it was a question, and it said, you and your siblings are in a room for 24 hours, okay? And, and you've got to be completely quiet for 24 hours. And if you do, you'll all win a million dollars apiece. So I sent that to my, uh, my brother and my sister, and I'm like, who talks first? And at the same time, they text back, you. I have a hard time with being silent sometimes. I can't be still. I can't be silent. So this verse is for me, right? Be silent. It means be still, and it also means rest. So another way you could translate this verse is rest before the Lord. Rest before Him. Sometimes we wear ourselves so thin that not only physically do we feel exhausted, but spiritually we feel exhausted as well. It's because we're not resting before the Lord. 
And then as we rest, wait, wait patiently. Listen, we're, we're in a get it now society. Get it now. Okay. I mean, I mean, everything is instant drive through, drive through restaurants. You know, that, that's one thing that, um, has really taken off in, in this post COVID world is, is, is drive ups and drive throughs. All these fancy sit down restaurants now are just order your app, just get on our app, order it and come pick it up. Or even we'll bring it to you. We'll bring it to you. I was talking to somebody the other day that they bought a car that way. Um, they picked it out online, and two days later, they brought it to us. I was talking to Beverly Donaldson the other day. Her phone broke and tore up. She had to order one. She ordered it. Instead of them shipping it to her in a couple of days, a guy showed up with it at her door the next day, set it up for her and everything. Instant. It's easy for us to get in instant mode when sometimes we have to slow down, rest, and just wait on God. See what God's doing and focus on His will. And that's something that we all need to do. So what are our words? What are our phrases? Do not fret. Don't worry. Don't get worked up about it. Trust in God and do good, okay? Trust in Him. Feel confident, secure, rely on Him, and do beautiful things. Take delight in the Lord. Put Him above everything else. Look forward to that relationship. Commit your ways to the Lord. Roll all that other stuff out of the way and just focus on Him. And then be still or rest before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. I hope that those words encourage you tonight. I hope that they direct you in a place of, 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 of greater, greater, greater relationship with Him, greater clarity, and, and less worry and less anxiety. Let's, let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll end our night together. God, thank You for this time. Thank You for this amazing verse that, that does give us clarity, God, that gives us direction. That, that shows us that we can focus on you and not focus on the, the craziness of the world. God, I pray that you be with our church family right now. I thank you for our leaders. I thank you for their direction. I thank you for our deacons and their work. I thank you for each one of our members and their commitment, God. Please help us to grow this church in spirit and in truth, God. Help us to reach in our community as we, as we claim and be a church that cares about our community. Let us truly live that out every day. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifices. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember, we are a church of Christ caring for its community.